Welcome to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host and the editor of On The Air magazine, Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. Welcome to the March 2023 episode. This month, we'll take a closer look at material from the March-April 2023 issue. The cover of this issue shows a young woman wearing athletic gear dashing forward in a numbered jersey, one trainer-clad foot raised to take the next step. It looks like there's some kind of race going on, but why is she in the woods? A closer look reveals that the runner is holding a map, and peeking out from behind the map is a loop antenna. What on earth is going on here? Well, what's going on here is a sport called Amateur Radio Direction Finding, or ARDF. It's also called Radio Orienteering. It's a type of radio sport in which participants sprint, sometimes for miles and sometimes over rough terrain, to locate transmitters with the help of the radio receivers they carry. To help us learn more about the sport of radio orienteering, today I'm talking with Charles Charlot, NZ0I, who represented the U.S. at the Amateur Radio Direction Finding Championships from 2004 to 2010, and Charles currently serves as the co-coordinator for USA ARDF. Thanks for joining me today, Charles. Pleasure to be here. So to start us off, how would you describe ARDF to someone unfamiliar with radio sport? ARDF, or as I prefer to call it, radio orienteering, is a navigation sport played outdoors. It uses maps and compasses, but most of all, it requires a radio direction finding receiver. The sport is played by placing a number of low power automatic transmitters which we call foxes, out of sight in a park or wooded area. Competitors are provided with a detailed map of the competition area. Then they use that map, a magnetic compass, and their direction-finding receiver to locate as many transmitters as they can in the shortest possible time. It, it's an individual sport, so competitors go out one at a time at regular time intervals in search of the foxes. The winner is the one who finds the most foxes, and ties are settled in favor of the one who spent the shortest time on the course. So folks are competing against one another, but they're they're going one at a time, so they're not all out on a on a course um, at the same time. Uh, so it sounds like it's um, it gives them an opportunity to really concentrate and and listen to the signal that they're trying to locate. That's true, though they are actually out on the course at the same time, but they start at different times, so they may not see each other uh, while they're out there, or from time to time they may catch sight of one another, but. For the most part, they don't see one another and they're not um, following one another. So this is quite different from the traditional world of radio sport. 
um, which many hams refer to as contesting. Contesting tends to involve sitting in one spot with your radio and using it to contact other hams. And unless someone's decided to um, enter a contest as a rover where they're in a vehicle with um, a mobile radio set up, um, driving from location to location, um, generally radio sport involves staying in one place. But radio orienteering, ARDF, um, requires you to be up on your feet. You're, you're literally running around listening to your receiver to determine whether you're any closer to, to finding the transmitter. Um, so I've heard of um, fox hunting, um, transmitter hunting, which also involves using a receiver to locate a transmitter. How is radio orienteering different from fox hunting? The term fox hunting is often used to refer to mobile tea hunting. Even the term ARDF is sometimes confused with vehicle-based transmitter hunting. But in radio orienteering, there are no cars involved at all. It's conducted entirely on foot. And radio orienteering foxes are not disguised and they're not hidden completely out of sight. Instead, the location of each radio orienteering fox is marked by a bright orange and white flag or a striped pole that confirms the fox's location. So mobile tea hunts tend to have very few rules and what rules they do have differ from one place to another. But the rules for radio orienteering are very detailed and they're approved by the International Amateur Radio Union, which administers the sport internationally. So radio orient orienteering is played the same way all over the world. So it's actually the IARU that administers the sport of radio orienteering. I didn't know that. They, they administer it internationally, but they, they assign the responsibility to their member organizations to, to administer the sport uh, nationally. So the ARRL is in, in charge of the sport in the USA. Um, so what kind of equipment is needed to participate in radio orienteering? For competitors, the most important piece of equipment is the radio direction finding receiver, which is actually two pieces of equipment. It's a directional antenna and a radio receiver. Both the antenna and the receiver need to be small, lightweight, and attached together so that they're easy to carry while walking through the woods. In addition to the radio direction finding receiver, a competitor will want a map holder with a pen for drawing bearing lines, a good magnetic, let me try again. <laughs> In addition to the radio direction finding receiver, a competitor will want a map holder with a pen for drawing bearing lines, a good magnetic compass, and comfortable shoes and clothing suitable for hiking in the expected weather conditions. This sport is played rain or shine. All the equipment can be constructed by someone with the skills and the time to devote to the task, but some of the equipment, such as the map holder, are easy to make. And the clothing and compass can be purchased from outdoor equipment or sporting goods retailers. But a good radio direction finding receiver 
is the most challenging item to acquire. There are a few manufacturers of suitable receivers and good designs are available online, but some research is required to find what you need. How simple or difficult is it to use these receivers? Um, somebody who maybe has a technician level ham license and who's been uh, dabbling in ham radio for, for maybe a few months, um, is that someone who's prepared to, to pick up a radio orienteering receiver? How much background do you need? What kind of skills do you need to start in, in handling this piece of gear? The receiver is relatively simple. Uh, it really just takes one lesson to learn all its functions uh, and to become adept at uh, using it to find which direction you need to go. Uh, there's really just one or two uh, controls that you need to be concerned with. One functions kind of like a volume control. Uh, it's called attenuation. So you need to adjust the attenuation as you get closer to the fox and it gets too loud, you turn it down, uh, much like a volume control. When you have to turn the volume attenuation down quite low, you know you're getting very close to the fox. Uh, the other uh, control on the receiver that you might need to use is on an 80, 80 meter radio direction finding receiver, uh, there's a sense switch. So on 80 meters, the, the base antenna gives you two directions that the, uh, that the fox might be in directly in front of you or directly behind you. With a, with a sense switch, the receiver will tell you which of those two directions is the correct one. So the, those are the two, really the only two controls that you need, the uh, uh, attenuation and the sense switch. Um, in your article in the March-April 2023 issue of On the Air, where um, you go into a lot of really good basic information about the sport and how to get involved. You talk about um, the need for a radio orienteer to sort of become one with their receiver um, and, and gain a really good understanding of what they're listening to. Can you talk a little bit about that, that uh, becoming one aspect? Well, yeah, as with any sport, you need to become familiar with your equipment, whether it's tennis or basketball or hockey. Uh, you, you need to learn to use your, your tennis racket or your hockey stick as an extension of your body. You don't even think about how you're using it. It just becomes part of what you do when you're playing the sport. And it's the same with radio orienteering. With enough practice, uh, you don't even have to think about adjusting the attenuation or even flipping the sense switch on your receiver. You just do it automatically. And you listen to the signals and you get a picture in your mind of about how far away the, the fox must be. And, uh, and you become adept at quickly looking down at your map and determining which direction you need to head. So it sounds like uh, after some practice, you, you get a sense of it within 
within your body um, that's sort of attuned to your your receiver? Yes, it, it all comes down to practice. You need to spend lots of time with your receiver. So as a radio sport, ARDF does have a championship. Um, can you talk a little bit about the championships and maybe how often they're held um, and what kind of skills a championship level radio orienteer might have? The International Amateur Radio Union, as we discussed, um, which administers the sport at the international level, uh, it designates one competition every two years as the big dance. That's the ARDF World Championships. Each country's IARU member organization is invited to send a team to the World Championships. In the USA, that member organization is the ARRL. The ARRL holds a national championship every year to help determine the team, Team USA, that will be sent to the World Championships. The USA Radio Orienteering Championships are held at a different location each year, which helps ensure that there are new maps and courses to challenge the competitors. It also spreads the sport to new places across the country. So when the USA Radio Orienteering Championships are in your area, you don't want to miss it. Try to come out and spend some a few days learning about the sport. Charles, what do you personally love about ARDF? If you don't mind, I'll just share a bit with you about the different roles in the sport, because what I most enjoy is a little bit different from what most people enjoy. So th there are two essential radio orienteering roles, competitor and organizer. So each role can be a lot of fun and each has its own set of requirements. So first, let's talk about competitors. So to, to compete, the only essential equi equipment you need is a direction-finding receiver. Since competitors don't operate transmitters, no amateur radio license is required. And obviously, being mic shy is not an issue for competitors. All skill levels and all ages are able to participate fully as competitors. And competitors need to learn how to correctly operate their direction-finding receivers and to use the directional information it provides to efficiently navigate to the foxes. Running isn't usually important in this sport. Being careful and methodical is far more important because going the wrong direction wastes a lot of time. But physical fitness can be the, de the determining factor when two equally skilled competitors are going head to head. Uh, the other essential radio orienteering role is the organizer. And, and that's my favorite part of the sport. The, the organizers too often left out of the conversation when talking about this sport. And that's a shame because organizing radio orienteering events is a lot of fun. Organizers are responsible for acquiring the transmitters, antennas, flags, and maps. They also design the courses to make them challenging and educational. Then they set out the foxes and pick them up after the competition is over. 
Some equipment maintenance is also involved to keep everything in working order. And at least one organizer must be a licensed radio amateur because you need to have a control operator for all the transmitters. Organizing radio orienteering events involves diverse skills and it's very gratifying. It's an excellent activity for a small group or for a large club. So Charles, where can folks go to find out more about ARDF, radio orienteering? Well, the first place I like to send everybody is to the ARRL website. Uh, you can go to arrl.org slash ro, as in radio orienteering. Okay, and who can folks contact if uh, they want to know whether there are events or classes going on in their area? Well, at the ARRL website, you'll find the latest announcements and, and links to the rules, information on holding events and, and how to contact the, the ARRL with your questions, comments, and suggestions. I would suggest that somebody interested in finding out about radio orient orienteering in their area to please send an email to ardf at arrl.org. Uh, your email will go directly to the ARDF committee, and we'll try to match you up with radio orienteering folks in your area or provide you with more information on how to get the sport started where you live. Well, terrific. That's great. Thanks for joining me today, Charles, and teaching us more about this very unique sport. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. The On The Air podcast will be back in April. We'll see you then for now, 73.